All right, are you ready to start this shindig? Oh, let's do it. Make it happen. All right. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you catch up on all of our back episodes of The Watchlist with Patty and Bill by going to thewatchlistpod.com. You can engage with us on social media at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol the Watchlist Pod. Make sure you click on that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And pretty please, with sugar on top, if you listen through Apple Podcasts, give us that five star review. Appease the algorithm gods. We are je- we we are so close to cracking thirty subscribers. and and that actually brings me to the first thing that i would like to talk about so i got us two more listeners today two more subscribing listeners today one shout out to audrey audrey thank you very much for signing up and nick and diana two very good friends of ours and we hung out tonight at at a place in town called lot 323 where they had food trucks all over the place and and there was liquor flying everywhere, although I pre-gamed and I, I got pretty hammered, actually. Mm. But we all met up there and had a good old time and they were asking me about the podcast. So Nick and Diana, thank you. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, we new you. listeners. Yeah. So I have one awesome thing this week, one okay. continuation of something this mm. week. And then something you had me watch this week. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. What have you got? Um, well, I will start with an AMC Plus series that I, I've only watched the first episode so far. It's called This Is Going to Hurt. It's a hmm. British medical comedy drama. It's set in London in 2006, and it focuses on the lives of a group of uh, junior doctors who work in the obstetrics gynecology ward in a national health service hospital okay and it's really kind of gritty and you could see that it's this is not like like a fancy american hospital Mm. not at all um and it it focuses on um like they have to deal with a lack of support and uh any achievements are ignored they have like 12 hour days and their personal lives kind of are sucky because these 12 hour days and not being short staffed because they don't have enough support and then all of the emotional effects working on in this kind of a stressful environment so the first episode uh we've got our doctor that we it seems like we're following him around mainly through the show um his name is adam k and he were uh He's working in the labor ward and at the very start of that episode, he wakes up in his car and he gets a phone call and they're like, where the hell are you? And when he wipes the, I don't know, the the mistiness off the window, he realizes he fell asleep in his car in the hospital parking lot. Okay. And he's like, okay, I'll be right there. (laughs) And he's literally right there. (laughs) He is right there. As he's running in the door, uh, he sees a woman standing outside. She is clearly in labor. And when he he asks, he points out he is a doctor. He's just starting work. Um, so he's still in his street clothes. But uh, he's like, can I take a look at how far along you are? And she's like, sure. Well, the baby's arm is hanging out. Oh, my God. There. 
Yeah. So from he goes from that as he goes in the building, and then we see he's got to deal with a racist patient. Wait a minute. And, Hang on one second, though. Uh-huh. First of all, did they show this arm hanging out? Yes, you can. You see the arm hanging out. The fuck! It's a British show, man. The Brits the don't care. Really British. Well, okay. yeah, they'll, they'll swear. They'll show you stuff that Americans won't. It's on the internet. I don't know if this is available on any of the AMC Plus owned networks, like on TV. I'm not sure. Oh my God, I haven't gotten that far to look it up. But uh, and yeah, and... yeah, we see a little baby arm hanging out. So wait, so is this doctor a doctor of color? And that's why you said no, that there's... No, but there's a nurse of color. There is another doctor he works with who is of color. And the racist patient says something nasty to the nurse. And the doctor's like, he gets all nasty back at that patient. Like, well, I'll have you kicked out of here, bitch. And the nurse is like, what are you, what are you doing? Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I could fight my own battles kind of a thing. Like, I don't need you mister and then while oh god while that say that racist patient is having her baby the the other doctor the girl doctor who is of color she she's like a in training and she hasn't had any hands-on experience but she's been there for like a couple months and he's like well you can't hide out in the corners you need to speak up and so he starts pulling her in to start doing things while he watches her and guides her and so he's like well here come have a bit birth a baby here okay get in there and so as she's catching the baby the mother's like i don't want no she said some racist thing that i i can't remember uh because uh i want to say she oh i don't want no packy touching my baby or something like that and i'm yeah. like what the f yeah and i'm like wow so yeah I, she was claiming she wasn't racist before with the nurse but but Hello. obviously she is. <laughs> Hello, she is a bigoted she asshole. She wouldn't yes. make any kind of comment in the beginning anyway. So yeah. 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 So would you recommend yeah. this show? From this first episode, it's it's packed with a lot of stuff and it's got it's very realistic, I feel. It's like got that realism going on of how overworked everybody is. And I, I liked it. I want to catch the rest of it. Okay. I want to watch more of it. And so. where is it again? It's on AMC Plus. Okay, so you have to subscribe to AMC+. Plus. Yeah, you have to subscribe to AMC+, Plus to see it. Like, just having AMC through your cable provider ain't going to get Ain't going to do it, yeah. Yeah. I got it free through my phone plan. Um, I'm not sure when they're going to take it away, but Discovery Plus has been taken away now. My free period on that is gone. Not that I care. I see. I have got to get to the point where I don't care about canceling a couple of of services. Yeah, yeah. Because going over the finances, holy shit! But we'll get to oh, that in a minute. Yeah. So yeah, Dwight was sad about the Discovery Plus because he liked that Gold Rush show. Well, uh, there are just a couple of networks, networks, but you know what I'm saying. A couple yeah. of, of streaming platforms where I'm like. Okay, I'll get to this. Like Paramount Plus. I have mm-hmm. heard this week twice that I need to watch The Offer on Paramount Plus. Okay. A movie about the making of The Godfather. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll get to that in a minute. And then I put it away and then I don't do it. Yeah. So I need to either commit to these streaming services or or just stop paying for them and only pay for them when 
they build up some stuff that I want to watch. And maybe that's the plan moving yeah, forward. Yeah, start hopping around from service from, to service. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the anyway. first thing is a continuation of my review of the Orville season three. Oh, I haven't watched that one yet. I watched the rest of the first episode where everybody is blaming the robot mm -hmm. for assisting in the almost annihilation of the human race. Yes. And one of the things, and I, and I said back then last week that the Orville does a good job of star trekking and better than I think strange new worlds, the actual star Trek show on Paramount Plus. Well, this show dealt with the theme of suicide because and I'm and I'm not really giving anything away, but the robot who does not feel by the way. Yeah, he's just a robot. He is just a robot. He has no sentient <laughs> feelings whatsoever. He, he is sentient in that he can move and interact with people, but he and has he's no aware emotion. Of being yeah, he's like data where no emotions right and no emotions yeah. but enough people tell him that he is a murderer nobody wants him around that he takes it to heart and he actually fries his system he kills himself mm -hmm. and i thought that it was a very bold choice to begin your season three with an episode about redemption suicide Heavy themes for a Star yeah. Trekky type show, but yeah. but yeah. Seth MacFarlane is guiding that show extremely well. And to not give anything away, the resolution is extremely satisfying. Yeah, I and and I love the Orville. So if you haven't had a chance to watch the Orville and you like Star Trekky type shows, definitely give it a shot. Absolutely. That is definitely one worth watching. Yeah. And that's so, only on Hulu? That is only on Hulu. So as opposed to Hulu showing what you missed on other channels, no, this is a this is an original Hulu production now. All right. So damn it, I can't get rid of Hulu. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So my next show is on Netflix and it's an anime based on a Japanese manga series called Thermi Romai Novi. Yeah. That's Latin. <laughs> it is. It follows an ancient Roman architect named Lucius Modestus. His father and grandfather were architects of Thermi, which are bathhouses. And as he's a kid, he goes underwater. He's at a bathhouse with his grandpa and he goes underwater and he pops up in a modern day Japanese bathhouse. And so. then he goes back underwater and then he's back in Rome and yeah, things are weird. And then he grows up to be a bathhouse architect and he's told his designs are so old fashioned and he ne needs to get with the times and become more modern. He's like, but this is the way they're all done. And they're like, yeah, well we don't want it. So bye-bye. And then He's at a bathhouse all upset and he runs into his childhood bully who is now a really nice guy to him. And then he goes underwater, pops up again in a modern Japanese bathhouse. And he uses some of these modern Japanese bathhouse designs 
in his architectural designs back in ancient Rome. And he becomes successful that way. And each episode is a different kind of feature of bathing, um, whether it's at a public bathhouse or having a bathtub in your own house, which was revolutionary in ancient Rome. And at the end of each episode, we see the manga uh, author, Mary Yamazaki. She tours like live action in Japan, different bathhouses, explaining things and showing features that Lucius will come across in the next episode. So it's teaching you a lot about um, bathing and bathing culture and, you know, what they were doing back in the day versus how we've adapted and changed and upgraded to current times. I just... Uh- and, it's and, goofy and weird, and a lot of animated naked men's behinds. Okay, and and, and I don't have a problem with that. We have discussed it's that on this definitely show. not for for tiny children at all, not for young children, but you know, uh, a middle school, high schooler, if they need to learn or be exposed to different cultural type of things like that. This might be somewhat educational, if not incredibly repetitive, because each episode is fairly much the same. Well, and and tonight, me and our friends were talking about traveling. Okay. And and one of the one of the times that I was in Europe, actually, it was around it was in Germany, and we would we would stay in these hotels, and they had rack cards. And I think I told you this on an yeah, episode yeah. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And in those rack cards, where you would usually find advertisements for museums and things to do, there were prostitution services. And my first instinct was, oh my god, there are children that are going to see these, hide these from the children. And then I realized how puritanical some Americans are with a lot of this stuff. And I I had to get out of my comfort zone with that because it's a different culture. Yeah. And then when we were visiting Iceland, they actually, at this one place that does nothing, it's a restaurant that actually has tomatoes on their menu because they are a hothouse for tomatoes of so many different types. It's delicious, but they make a menu out of the tomatoes that they grow. Cool. But they have a co-ed bathroom. Oh, interesting. And it took me a hot minute to walk into it because I could see, you know, women popping out of it. And then I realized you're being a puritanical American again. And, and, you know, you just need to get over it because it's all stalls. There are no urinals anywhere. It's all just private stalls anyway. It It was just weird. And I realized I needed to get out of my own head with it. Yeah. And so I will go on record by saying... I don't think I could bathe in front of other people, but I don't know bath. I don't know bathhouse culture. Yeah. Because uh, when I look at stuff in ancient Rome and all that shit, and they had bathhouses and communal toilets and all that other sort of stuff. First of all, I uh, no, that is not happening. I would be, I would be doing a number two at like two o'clock in the morning to make sure that (laughs) 70 of my best friends weren't also Hello, ye old Bill. How are you? Not that they spoke like <laughs> yeah, I didn't, yeah. Billius, how are you today? Yeah. How is the number two coming out? No, I'm not going to be doing yeah, that. Yeah. I, I uh, just couldn't, yeah. but a bathhouse, I, I, not that I would be opposed to trying it, 
But my first reaction to be, no, bathroom time is bathroom time and it's alone time. Yeah. Whether I am bathing or using the facilities. Yeah. Yeah. I say uh, it's well, a puritanical American. Yeah. Well, I, well, uh, something to watch. It, it's watching this show, you'll get some exposure to that culture. Uh, yeah, the great yeah. dramas, like, like bathhouses like that in Korea are also very popular. And from watching the shows, they're um they're like some of them are open like 24 hours and people will go and pay to go in and then they sleep there they get a mat and they have rooms where you could just sleep so if you have nowhere else to stay you could go and sleep there and they have like a little i don't know cafe or like little food stall kind of thing there to get i don't know smoothie but or then whatever. how can you afford to do that unless it's dirt cheap or they offer it i, I think it's very cheap Okay. I don't know for a fact, but it looks like a lot. Some people, well, there was a girl who she was kicked out and she had nowhere else to go. So she's at the bathhouse spa, whatever they call it. Um, and it separated men on one side, women on the other. Sure. So you're not, but you're not like there's, there's, yeah. there's some communal areas, but like, yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so that's, so she was sleeping there cause she had nowhere else to go and, they have and at least and it was warm and safe and it's she warm could safe bathe. every yeah you, you're given like a t-shirt and shorts to change into so everybody's wearing the same t-shirt and shorts she can they have like a, a steam bath or a sauna there was a sauna on one side and then the you could get some snacks or whatever to eat something and have a place to sleep wow yeah and where so, is this show again? Netflix. This is on right? Netflix. It's Thermi Romai Novi, and it's anime, and uh, it's dubbed into English. If you want that, I'm sure you could read the subtitles if you preferred. Uh, but it's good. It, I, it's fairly educational on the bath culture of both Japan and ancient Rome. All right. I I thought it was it was it's fun. It's goofy. It's very goofy, very goofy, but it's a lot of fun. So that kind of spills over into my next thing, which was also on Netflix, which you had me watch. Ah. The G Word with Adam Con Conover. Yes, The G Word with Adam Conover. That's my third thing to review. So yeah. let's so chat we'll, about we'll, it. We'll tag team. So Adam Conover is doing a show produced by Michelle and Barack Obama. Yeah, they're, they're production company, Higher Ground Productions. And the, the purpose of this show is to kind of take what he did with Adam Ruins Everything and figure out how the government works and introduce people to levels of government that not only do they not, people might not know exist, but how they work. And the most important question, do they benefit society or are they bad for society? And he has this conversation with Barack Obama who he actually does challenge to say, you know, because what do I call you? Past president of the United States or <laughs> former president? Well, people just usually call me president. And he says, that's not accurate. You're, you know, just because I had a job <laughs> as a manager 25 years ago, people don't still call me assistant manager, Adam. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, so. Adam Conover sets out, and in the first episode, they talk about the USDA, how it was created, what food subsidies are, which is what led to us having 
bad foods introduced to us in supermarkets in the chain because of all the subsidies that were given to farmers to overproduce certain grains and crops and how that makes its way into our food chain in stores. And then he visits an actual cow slaughtering facility and finds out, and you find out that one in 17 Americans is actually employed by the government. Hmm, interesting. Which, which is a very interesting statistic. But you see how USDA is on top of the process from before slaughter because you actually have a veterinarian observing the behaviors, the smells, the eating habits, and everything else that's observable in the cows before they go into slaughter. So if they're not drinking, if they're limping, if you see any apparent diseases to make sure that that does not in, get introduced to our food. And then after slaughter, you see how meat is checked by another person who, another few people actually, who have the power to say, no, this carcass is no good, or, you know, that's their job. And they love doing their job because they themselves have families. And while it looks like a puff piece, and they introduced this in the very beginning with Barack Obama, Barack Obama says, go nuts. If you think we suck, tell us we suck. If you think this is great, tell us we're great, but be truthful. Do the show you want to do. So then the questions that he brings up are very viable questions. So he does play both sides of the story that he's telling. So it's kind of like a, probably a more subdued version of Adam ruins everything, but he actually swears in this. Yeah, because he's on Netflix on, now. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's very similar to Adam Ruins Everything, except you don't have that that outsider person asking, well, why is it this way to where I know why? And Adam jumps in and starts explaining and ruining it all for you. Right. Also, uh, because, yeah, I had that same question, like, why should I trust this show produced by a former president? About exactly. It, right, right. It has but, the... It has the yeah option of being very one-sided yeah but adam conover and his team they do a pretty good job of being fair and balanced and pointing out the bad parts also involved in this show though it's based on a book by michael lewis he's the one who wrote uh moneyball and the big short mm -hmm. uh, so his book is called the fifth risk undoing democracy so it's kind of based on that book so it does have that here you go. This is how everything's broken. And, you know, how, it, you know, it's government is run by people and people are flawed and don't always do everything right. So, uh, and it goes through this, there's six episodes total. They're a half an hour each. And the first one's about food. Then there's weather, money, disease, the future and change. So in that last mm -hmm. episode that I, I clearly haven't gotten to yet, uh, because I was reading about it going, oh, I haven't seen that. Um, that they talk about what the problems are and what can we do to fix it. And, you know, is it just going to be, that's just the way things are or how fast can things change? Because everything moves at, you know, the speed of a glacier. Yeah. Yeah. 
Although these days with global warming, glaciers are going to start moving a lot faster and breaking off. But well, then they're set to yeah. But on, Obama's only in that first episode, and apparently he comes back in the last one. So you're not for, for those who don't like Obama, you don't have to watch him in all six episodes, just two. Of them. But like you said, it's fair <laughs> not to it's... use a tagline by my not favorite news net, my you know my least <laughs> yeah, favorite news yeah. network. It is fair and it is balanced. I think because so. he because yeah. Adam Conover, the the appeal of watching Adam ruins everything is because he's giving you the other side of whatever story. Yeah. And and that's what's making it fascinating. You learn stuff. And mm -hmm. Adam is very good at teaching you stuff. And that show to me, I actually enjoyed the G word and I stopped watching it. I could have watched all six episodes today, but I didn't because I wanted to watch them with Laura. Oh, good. Okay. So I only watched that first one. And I want to go back and, and watch all of these because it's also discussion TV. Yes. A and it's not just something to be casually watched. You do want to have certain conversations like this, especially in this climate right now. Mm -hmm. And discussions are and, and just talking is what's actually going to probably save us all. But I like the I liked the G word. Yeah, I like it. Too. And and I, I saw a was it on TikTok? I, I think it was on TikTok, but I'm sure he reposts his TikToks on Instagram as well. Um, Adam Conover shared a, a, a something that somebody had shared with him about the G word. A kid who is a, a young guy was saying something about how. He's very liberal, but he's got extremely conservative parents. And he got them to sit down and watch the G word. And they were able to have an actual discussion. And and Is it he... was he said it was amazing. I've never he was the kid was like, I've never had that kind of conversation with my parents to where they were actually willing to talk and listen and have a discussion. And Adam's like, Isn't this great? I'm so glad my show can do this for people. You know, he was well, getting emotional at how his show helped this family of deferring views. And get see, along. that's great. That's awesome. So the so. G word uh, with Adam Conover on Netflix, definitely worth your time. If you want to learn stuff, mm -hmm. it is very informative while doing the same Adam ruins everything kind of sticky history lessons. But you do learn that Teddy Roosevelt invented the USDA. And and he signed that into law to make sure that American people were not, you know, poisoned by our own food supply. Yeah. Because apparently it was very detrimental to our own health to actually eat a whole bunch of stuff way back when. Yeah. And in a later episode, you'll learn the government is in charge and created GPS. Oh, and well. they're still in charge of all that type of stuff. Well, so hold on to your hats, which folks. is interesting. Yeah, they they really he goes over a lot of really good stuff. So, so are you then done? Is that all you had this week? That was all I had was those, and you've done my last one for me. Well, we did it together. <laughs> well, yeah, we did it together. I didn't mansplain <gasps> anything. Oh, oh my God! You just, oh my God! You just got R rated. <laughs> The fuck. Uh, anyway, so the last thing that I have is the best thing that I have seen since Top Gun. 
actually. Mm. It is the new Netflix movie called Hustle. And it debuted on June the 3rd on Netflix and stars Adam Sandler as a basketball scout for the Philadelphia 76ers. It was about basketball? It was about basketball. See, that's as far as I, I that's how far I got. I did, I thought it was about hockey. Uh, hockey? <laughs> I don't know why. The first shot, he's wearing a Sixers warm-up jacket. I was, see, I uh, clearly I wasn't paying enough attention because oh Adam Sandler, and I'm like, yeah, I can't watch this. Well, the thing about this is, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh-huh. There are two Adams. There are three Adam Sandlers. I, yes, I know there are different Adam Sandlers, but just looking at his face pisses me off these days. I don't know why. It's 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 well, it's like, because a lot of his comedy has become very very lazy comedy. But the classic Adam Sandler, like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, uh, Waterboy, those are good Adam Sandler movies. No, see, that's when I also hated him. It well, is an irrational hate bias. that I have for yeah, Adam Sandler. I don't know why. I just have this irrational hatred of Adam Sandler. All right. Aside from his Hanukkah song. Both versions of the Hanukkah song. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Yeah. Anyway, so then if I may, as a fan of Adam Sandler. So you had classic Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Then you have Adam Sandler, who is trying to be over the top like Hubie Halloween which I really oh, really enjoyed no. mm-hmm. and I reviewed it back then and I really enjoyed Hubie Halloween and sidebar to that you actually have experimental Adam Sandler where he does different things and he was Spanglish right yes Spang- that is the one Adam Sandler thing I was like wow that was actually good so then I started thinking about that movie Hidden Gems or what was it? Lost Gems. What was that Gems movie that he was in? You're asking the irrational hatred of Adam Sandler person. Oh, my God. You just... I it I, it took me a bit to pick up to pull Spanglish out of my brain. Ah, Uncut Gems. And oh, Dwight made me watch that. But yes. And you reviewed it on our show. That's why I was I asking. I did. But. I, I blocked out that he was in it. This Adam Sandler <laughs> should be the Adam Sandler that we get now, because I believe that certain stars evolve. And and just because Adam Sandler was doing comedy shtick before, he has grown not only as an actor, but somebody who should stick to dramedy. So you can have the humorous bits. And this was the first time, and I can't tell you how many years, that I laughed for several minutes over an Adam Sandler joke in this movie. Wow. But that was only one part because this movie is a combination of Draft Day and Rocky. Okay. So it's not a new story because Adam Sandler plays a a scout for the Philadelphia 76ers. And not only is he a scout for the Philadelphia 76ers, but he goes all over the world for the Philadelphia 76ers to try to scope out talent. Hmm. And there is one guy played by Robert Duvall 
in this movie who treats him like a son and promotes him to assistant coach. Well, then Robert, Robert Duvall passes away and his dick boy's son takes over the team and wants to draft players that he knows are mistakes. So he then sends Adam Sandler back out onto the road. And Adam Sandler finally stands up to him and says, I've not been home for my daughter's last nine birthdays because of this company. And I want to, I want that seat on the bench. Well, that's not going to happen. You either take this or you're gone. All right. His wife in the movie is actually played by Queen Latifah. I did see her face on a t telephone. And I will say this. I love Queen Latifah. I, I love Queen Latifah since the 80s and rap music. Yep, same here. And then and then her Dana Owens album where she sang standard. She has a beautiful voice. Mm -hmm. I think she is actually pretty passable on the Equalizer remake TV show. This role for her could have been played by anybody. But because of... of Queen Latifah's charm and presence, she pulls off a rare thing, which is having a celebrity in a thankless role that doesn't feel so thankless that because she's in it. So she plays his wife. So they have a biracial daughter, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. But Adam Sandler on one of his road trips is going to Spain and the prospect that he was going to go see hurt himself, so he had nobody to see. So he was just going to go out and shoot some hoops by himself when he comes across a pickup game and meets the next big guy, Bo Cruz. Ooh. Okay. And this movie is actually populated in uh, by a whole bunch of actual NBA stars. Huh. And so you have that legitimacy from the NBA because it looks real because you actually have real NBA stars playing either versions of themselves or themselves. Cool. Okay. And he's, and he so believes in this kid that he's training him up to get to the basketball combine so that he can be eventually drafted because mm -hmm. he believes in this kid and it's his final shot. So that's where the whole Rocky training montage comes uh, okay. in. It is not, it is, it is a truly predictable movie. I will not bullshit anybody on that, but God damn it. Is it good? Hmm. And, and it is particularly good because of the way he actually describes Philadelphia sports fans <laughs> and it, but it's not so Philadelphia that you lose touch with it. It is a great sports movie acted very well. If you and and I'm actually surprised it was not released theatrically. Hmm. The only reason yeah. I can see why, and Laura pointed it out, it's because it would never be able to compete with Top Gun or Jurassic oh, World. Yeah, or any of the others right now. Right. Yeah. It would it would yeah. fail at the box office. So Netflix is the perfect venue for it. If you've got if you've got the opportunity, watch Hustle. And it is it is definitely worth the time that you're going to spend watching it. So anyways, that's my last. Okay. Thing. Yep. Yep. And then also got a shout out to Dave, too. What's up, Dave? Hey, Dave. 
he corrected me and and said that I had mentioned that that Stranger Things season four was the last season. Apparently, there's a season five. Okay. And then I, I also did watch season all of season four. Yeah, I did too. Uh, uh, you had reviewed it, and I had not. I couldn't remember where I left off. And Dwight and his brother both wanted to see it, and I was like, okay. So we put on a recap two recaps we found one that i found one that was on youtube that was just like a generic some news people doing it yep. and then there was an official stranger things recap because there's an official stranger things youtube channel and all the stars of the show were on there telling us where things started from episode one through now and i realized i just missed the, the tail end of season three <laughs> I watched most of it, but I missed the last few episodes. So then we sat down and started it up. Dwight fell asleep and his brother as and I were does. up until, yeah, as he always does. And his brother and I were up until like 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m. We watched the whole damn season, that whole Jesus. beginning of that season. Well, we watched a bunch of like, well, yeah, we need to see what's going on. And then I saw we were on like. Like, I was about to, like, okay, we need to go to bed. It was, like, 1 a.m. I'm, like, I need to be done here. But there was just one episode left. I didn't realize that one episode left was a little over an hour. It was more than one hour long. It was, so like, an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize it was over an hour long. I just thought, it's the last one. And I'm, like, it's not done yet, and it's two. Oh, shit. Yeah. But it was really good, and it was totally worth watching the whole And day, I think so, right? too. I think this is a very accessible season. Yeah, I really like this one. You know, there's nothing really to figure out. And I, I yeah. kind of liked one of the reveals that they did. I won't give it away in that last episode mm -hmm. about the big bad. And the last two episodes for this season are actually feature length movie episodes. Yes. So be aware so, of how long it will take to watch them. it's going to take about four and a half hours people <laughs> yeah, to watch yeah. the remaining two episodes because each episode is over two hours yeah so keep that in mind that's right it, yeah block out some time <laughs> or watch one episode and that's a movie and watch the last episode and it's a movie yeah. but i i've enjoyed stranger things throughout its run yeah you know, i've when, liked it too i liked it too when you take basically the Goonies or Stand By Me and you add it is It is the Goonies meets Stand By Me with some D&D nerddom thrown in. With with actual live D&D. Well, and, yeah. You know, and you're taking the Upside Down and the Demigorgons and, and all of the monsters and the, what is it, the Rachna monster. It's, it's, just, it, it's just entertaining. You know, so... Stranger Things, give it a whirl. And actually, yeah. if you are just coming on board with Stranger Things, at least you don't have to wait. You know, you didn't have to wait the two years in between season oh my God. three and right? season four where yeah. you would necessitate needing a recap. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to remember, did I finish season three? I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So Although I do have one issue with their D&D. In whatever episode that was in, where they're playing the game and they're down to the final two people. Nerd. And they got to go against that bad guy and Nerd. they're rolling dice. Nerd. And the sister rolls to hit. Nerd. Gets a 20. Nerd. And they cheer that she killed him, but 
She didn't roll for damage. You got to roll for your damage. Just because you hit doesn't mean you hit. In a That's key true. Point. That's actually very true. She Mary. rolled a 20. I'm like, sure, a 20 is like and a that's the action. Hit. Right, that's the action. But, yeah. but what damage did you do? Yeah, because the was, one time I played D&D, &D, I And I know rogues that. are not, they are not as powerful as like a fighter or a barbarian or even a freaking ranger who can nerd. shoot arrows and kill shit with just the one arrow. Nerd. Yeah, yep. I am a nerd. I am a nerd. I know you are. I know and you are. she didn't roll for damage because she's only a... a a rogue only has a d6 of damage and then as they level up you add more d6s so how many hit points did that guy have left i think it was 14 so she needs to have at least two d no she would need three d6 damage uh, with that her from her character in order to kill that guy yeah but for the Roll casual 20. viewer yeah but but they pride them you know this whole show is D D people they should have at least shown her grabbing dice. I, she could have grabbed any shape fucking dice she wanted for damage. I would not have picked on that. The fact that she didn't roll for damage made me a little annoyed. Like, all right, if you're going to be doing D&D shit, you know D&D right. people are going to be nitpicking like me right now but, about this rulesy shit. But I remember, and and I'm not necessarily defending that, but throughout this show they have actually had to say that there are certain things that bleed through and that are not exactly in the year that they say that they are. Oh, yeah, there are. And sometimes it's a piece of music or it could be... they Like one review that I read talked about the Silence of the Lambs and I thought it was going to be a, a direct reference to the movie when in actuality, it is a scene very much like the first time the Jodie Foster character meets the Hannibal Lecter character. Yeah, they, they definitely um, do. They pay reference, homage to it. Play, right. That's it. Played homage, as well as there is a lot of homage to Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. Yes. So the show hasn't been exactly 100% accurate in its run. That is no, the only thing yeah. that I will say, but you are yeah. right. If you are going to make a big deal out of D and D in your whole series, not just the one episode, but, but then you, then you shouldn't have made her a D six. You shouldn't have made her the character that she was because that no, she could have produced... been, she, she was, she, she was a higher level rogue, which is fine. And people are not going to listen to this. <laughs> Thank you but, for okay. People, stick with us. We yeah, promise the yeah, end of the show is damage, coming. I mean, she might be using something other than a dagger. You know, they're, depending on the weapon, that would be your type of damage, and you get extra for being a sneak attack. So, I mean, if she just had any dice in her hand and rolled it, nobody would know. Nobody would care because she didn't say I'm stabbing him with my bloody blah thing. She could have some magical freaking sword that sings as it attacks and but i guarantee you it's it is just for I just expediency needed, i just i know i just you know she could have just rolled a different two die and it had to come up and be more than all the scene points, the, you know? the only the, the only reason that scene exists is to show that it is nothing but a, a very harmless role-playing yes, game know, i know i know so that when the when the Eddie character goes on the lamb and as misunderstood as being the murderer, 
you know it's just a stupid game that he plays and the right. demonic club at school yeah which was accurate at the time oh it totally were oh yes that, i know that D was demonic there was a whole tom time. hanks movie about how yeah how horrible it was mazes and monsters mazes and monsters was a great tv movie i loved that show that was a great was great, a movie. great movie and and tom hanks did a very good job of somebody whose brain was fried by the game so yes I haven't seen that movie since it originally aired, but I watched the shit out of Mazes and Monsters. Gwen has it on VHS. No shit. No shit. Everybody listening to the sound of our voice, if you have stuck with us this long, thank you so much. Log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on the Contact Us button. Do you have old tech? Do you love your old tech? Because I'll tell you what, I have got four different versions of Star Wars on VHS, DVD, Laserdisc, and and uh, digital. We have talked about this on this show. But I hold on to them because they are sentimental and they have the original versions of the movies on them. But are you holding on to a CD because you like it? Are you holding on to a cassette because of that? Or are you into new cassettes because they're apparently making cassettes again too? Log on, tell us that. Also, if you've seen any of the movies that we talked about, engage with us. Let us know. If you agree with our reviews or not, we would love to hear that and engage with us on social media at symbol pirate Alice at symbol Bill Ivory Larson at symbol the watch list pod. Is that Dwight's brother? Yes. Doesn't his family know we record a show? No, nobody knows. Nobody Fuck. cares. Jonathan Brandmeier never had this problem. No. That's because he hid from the world. Yeah miserable old fucker anyway 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 but he wore spectacular suits did we yes. mention that last time i cut it all out so nobody cares uh well yeah nobody cares about half the shit we <laughs> talked about today too anyway thank you for listening everybody thank you to our brand new subscribers and pretty please make sure you spread the word and and we appreciate everybody listening so thank you very much and we will catch you next time yeah okay 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 bye okay bye